Welcome to Local Bites, the podcast of local futures and the economics of happiness. In this series, we feature critical voices and inspiring examples from the global movement to resist corporate power, renew local place-based economies, and preserve human and ecological well-being. I'm Sean Keller. In April 2017, my colleague Kristen Steele went to the beautiful port city of Malaga, Spain, for the Global Forum on New Economy and Social Innovation, or NESI for short, an event that Local Futures co-organized, along with more than 50 other organizations working to create a new economy. One of the people she was fortunate enough to meet there was Jay Tompt, co-founder of the Reconomy Center in Totnes, England. Yes, that Totnes, where the Transition Town movement was born. It's one of the most vibrant and ecologically conscious communities out there. We'll let Jay describe the Reconomy Center in more detail later, but suffice it to say that it's a little bit startup incubator, a little bit co-working space, and a little bit gift economy networking hub all rolled into one. But what's perhaps most interesting about Reconomy is the story of how it started in the first place. It's a story that holds lessons for anyone who's been thinking of how to catalyze change at the community level, but may not know quite where to start. Could you tell me a bit about how you got involved in the new economy realm? I suppose for me it kind of started with the WTO protests that happened in Seattle in 1999. So that kind of, kind of woke me from my slumber, so to speak. I was working in Silicon Valley, I had my own company, I was, you know, I was, I consider myself an environmentalist and a uh, progressive, but that made me realize that I wanted to do something in my professional life that was more aligned with my values. And then George Bush was appointed president, uh, my daughter was born, 9-11 happened, and so these things just kind of pushed me to finally close my company down and look for opportunities in sort of the green or sustainability space. So I joined a little company that was making and marketing compostable packaging and compostable kind of single-use items. But that didn't last very long for various reasons, and I joined another little company that was also marketing various kinds of green products. And this was kind of around the time of the green consumer movement kind of beginning to take shape. So in San Francisco, there were the green festivals. The next thing you know, Al Gore had his film, and Vanity Fair had the, their green issues. But then in, uh, in 2011, I moved to Totnes. So Totnes is the home of Transition Town, Totnes. But I, I immediately got involved with Transition Town for various reasons. Um, I was interested in permaculture and so on. And I was one of the first people involved in what has become known as Reconomy. It's kind of a familiar trajectory for many of us. You start in the corporate world, or the world of traditional schooling if you're a bit younger, trying to square your deep convictions with your day-to-day work. Green capitalism seems like a decent answer, as does conventional environmentalism, which focuses on individuals taking responsibility for their energy consumption patterns and lifestyles and purchasing choices as the primary method for enacting change. But then you start wanting to do something more systemic that will solve multiple problems at once. Not just environmental problems, but social and economic ones as well. Something that will actually make strides towards rebuilding the communal fabric that's breaking down around you. Your economy is kind of like the the new economy wing of the transition movement, if you like. We definitely see our work as being economic relocalization, when what we've been doing for the past six years is try to create the conditions for a new economy to emerge in a place. 
And so for us, that means trying to create the conditions for new economic actors, new economic relationships, new economic models. And we have undertaken various projects to help us do that. One of the first projects um, that we undertook in Totnes, we looked around and we said, okay, we want to shift the, the economic thinking here. What can we do? Well, one idea was to develop an incubator. So an incubator, a co-working space, could be a place that could help to nurture uh, new kinds of enterprises that would provide an alternative to corporate destructive businesses or could provide some livelihoods, could maybe even be regenerative for local ecological systems. So we started doing an incubator in one day. We called it the Local Entrepreneur Forum. Mm -hmm. so this is in 2012. In short, it provides a space for people to kind of learn what they need to learn, meet who they need to meet, but also to, for enterprises to connect with members of the community who might be investors of money or investors of time or investors of other kinds of support. It provides a platform for us to, to deliver a new kind of narrative about what an economy can be like and what the, what the various roles people can play in a new economy could be. Mm -hmm. We use the word entrepreneur, but then we, ex we define it. Mm -hmm. So what's, what kind of entrepreneur do we need now? Yeah. One that is part permaculturalist, part activist, part community or organizer, and oh, by the way, someone who can make something be financially self-sustaining. And the same for investors. So um, we talk about friendly and patient capital, trying to get people to think of themselves as, as potentially being able to support a friend or a neighbor who's going to start something up that might be good for the community. We've been we've been doing that now for five years. It's great, but also in 2012 we we launched another little project that we call the Local Economic Blueprint. Okay, so you want to change your local economy? Where do you start? But why not start understanding your local economy and finding the, the opportunities for more local ownership, more local production? It was part economic analysis, so what would it be worth if we shifted two million pounds a year away from the supermarket to local shops and so on. We talk about the local multiplier, all this good stuff. In this regard, we have a lot in common with um, many people in the United States who are working in a similar way under the banner of, say, community wealth building or something like that. But the other thing that we did is we first engaged local leaders in, in the town, so local political leaders and people from other organizations. And we came up with a vision statement that probably anybody in our movement would sign up to. We want a local economy that will provide an abundance of opportunities for everyone to meet their needs in a way that is consistent with natural limits and uh, that generally raises the well-being of the town. So this created a bridge, actually, to the people in local government who were all from conservative parties. So we said, okay, you've been on this little learning journey with us. We want to start more local businesses that are beneficial, that are gonna be ecological and inclusive and so on. You have some vacant office space in town, give it to us. Don't charge us any rent and we will make something wonderful happen. And this is how we got the Reconomy Center. So we turned the Reconomy Center into kind of an incubator and co-working space because our expenses are very low. We offer it on a pay-what-you-can basis. We offer workshops, we nurture people, and now this works synergistically with our local entrepreneur forum. We have the beginnings of you know, a little ecosystem to support more of the same, more kinds of progressive, relocalized businesses. Note that Jay mentioned bridging the gap with local conservative leaders. That raises an important point, that local economy projects don't necessarily fall neatly into existing political categories. 
political parties claiming to represent the left and those claiming to represent the right have both become subject to the influence of transnational corporations through lobbying or campaign contributions, to the point where when it comes to taking critical steps like saying no to trade deals like TPP or TTIP, or regulating the financial, mining, and fossil fuel industries, they often end up making the same bad decisions and making it harder for the voices of people's movements to break through. Whatever it is that we've been doing in the progressive movement for the last 20 years obviously hasn't been working. We know this because of who's in office. And I mean that in the most friendly, loving way possible. If we are honest with ourselves, then we should recognize that there are a lot of people that, we should, that should have been on board with our program who voted the wrong way. Why? So I'm, in, I'm living in Britain. We voted Brexit. And by we, I mean the country. So it was pretty evenly split. Places that were very strongly pro-Brexit were places that had been left behind by globalization. People who, had we gotten them into uh, the Nessie conference, probably would have found a very, a very welcoming home. But that didn't happen. A lot of people who voted for Trump, I think, came from a similar background. So, so I think we actually have a lot to offer these people. And if, and if he has provided a crack, we need to force our way through that crack and find a, maybe a new language, or, or new ways of working that can help us to reach people who we know would be our natural allies if we could just get around the table with them. Mm -hmm. You know, we've been talking, um, maybe convening uh, an event in Britain that might be able to articulate a new kind of uh, approach for being more inclusive of those communities that have been left behind and maybe ones that, that aren't normally part of the, you know, sort of progressive constellation. That event is actually now going to be a reality. If you're listening to this episode soon after its release, and you're going to be in or near the UK from March 27th to 29th, check out the Control Shift Summit. It's being billed as a participatory emergency summit to chart our path towards a just and sustainable post-Brexit world. And full disclosure, Local Futures is a sponsor. So we're in Totnes, so just bring it down to a local level. Totnes is privileged in the sense that we have many very progressive people, very easy to start progressive programs there, but you know what, none of it matters if our neighbors in the neighboring towns are not also part of the program. So how can we begin to work with people in our regions who have been left behind in other ways? As a, as a starting point, we need to go there. We need to talk. Uh, we need to listen. We've been doing that a little bit in, in our region, and you know what? totally works. You know, you have a conversation with somebody who's different from you, and if you're open, you learn a lot, and suddenly you've got a new friend and a new ally. It's really inspiring, because I know when I lived in Tottenham, those political divides seemed insurmountable. I knew people who were working in that area, and it was just between the progressives and the more conservative contingent, it just seemed like there was no seeing eye to eye. Yeah. So that's great that you've been yeah. able to do that. And I think for those of us who see localization as part of the solution, I think this is our moment. Just one last question then, which is what would you tell our listeners about how they can get involved in this converging people of many different viewpoints coming together to make a positive change? So I guess in short, you know, the, the global economic system is just, it's just problematic in so many ways. Where do you begin to start uh, making change? But I think the most important thing we can be doing right now is actually doing things. So starting new cooperatives, starting new social enterprises, 
starting new kinds of projects that actually, in the context of degrowth, get people to not consume or to not participate in a market system. And more than that, what can we do to create the conditions for not just a cooperative or a project that's outside the market system, but how can we create the conditions for a hundred of those to emerge? Well, that's what you are talking about before, that you were saying it's not just about what happens at the local level, localization of the grassroots, and that's something that we look at a lot. So there's a multiple levels that localization needs to happen at. So there's the policy level, the international collaboration level, and then there's also the grassroots and the multiple levels in between. And how do you go about addressing all of those? And like you said, it's the creating of the conditions for that multitude of businesses and initiatives to flourish. There are examples of what this might look like popping up all around the world. In the Torba province of Vanuatu, the Pacific Island nation, local officials have banned all imported junk food and decided to promote a locally grown organic diet. In a small French town called Mouansartou, the town council bought an old estate and turned it into a municipal farm which now grows 85% of the vegetables used in the local school cafeteria. There's also a growing number of bans on disposable plastics popping up around the world, including an impressively far-reaching one from Nilgiri district in India, which targets everything from cling wrap to styrofoam. And this is really just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the big interventions that are possible if policy change is used to complement and lift up grassroots projects. And if you're looking for more examples or ideas, the Planet Local section of our website has several. It's good to have a theory of change. You know, have a theory of, of how can you start something that leads to the next thing, that leads to the next thing, that leads to the next thing. Think in terms of systems. So if you want to start a cooperative or a social enterprise, do it. But also, if you are so inclined, think about, well, how can we create the conditions for 10? And probably you'll find allies wherever you are. They may not be the usual suspects, which is probably even better. There may be some people who are involved in social enterprise. There may be some people in your local city council or town council who are interested in redevelopment and might be open to new ideas. You might find allies in unlikely places. I think this really is our moment. So if I had one thing to say to everyone, I would say, get up off the couch and go do something. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Really My pleasure. You taking the time. Yeah, no problem. Find out more about the Reconomy Center and the other initiatives Jay talked about at reconomycenter.org. If you're interested in the upcoming Control Shift Summit, head over to ctrlshiftsummit.org.uk. These links, along with some links to resources that might be useful in helping you start a new economy project in your community, can be found in the description for this episode on localfutures.org. There you can also subscribe to this podcast and listen to or download other episodes. Thanks for listening to Local Bites.